Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuber list of the show. Well, what is it? It's one where a person, me, spews forth. Yeah, gross. All the media I have consumed. Why? Why would I do such a thing? Well, quite often people will, you know, you'll 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 go to the your work, you'll have a little water cooler talk. I don't think we ever actually had a water cooler at any of the jobs I've had. <laughs> no, that's uh, something more in movies and television, which is what we're here to talk about because us uh, bringing it back around. Nice. What I do is <clears throat> clear my throat before saying, if you don't have someone who you're going to talk about all the movies, TV, books, games, and internets that you consume, my theory is... That it'll just sit up in your mind and take up space. And that's vital space that you need to prevent yourself from slowly going insane. So, on this podcast, I'll pour it forth. And that's what I'm about to do at the push of this button. With the push of this button, rather. monologue today's movie monologue sponsor is graboids hemorrhoids cream thank you for that sponsorship movie the first from 2019 inmate number one colon the rise of danny trejo oh yes a documentary about well the titular Danny Trejo. Uh, uh, Having spent much of his early life in prison, actor Danny Trejo discusses his career and how he overcame a life of crime and addiction. Yeah, was uh, addicted to uh, uh, hard drugs from an early age. When I say hard, what do you think? What what pops into your mind when when you hear hard drugs? The hardest of the hard? I would say, I would argue, from my almost no knowledge of it, uh, heroin. So, yeah, doing heroin at, like, a preteen. Like, I think it was, like, 12 years old he started doing heroin. That's insane. So, uh, if you say, uh, oh, by the way, this 12-year-old is doing heroin, you could probably assume that that 12-year-old is going to have some difficulties, uh, quite possibly difficulties involving breaking the law. It's not a, not a far jump by any means. And that's just what happened to him. Very, very interesting life. Very interesting dude. Uh, famously an incredibly nice person, which probably not a better 
example of why you shouldn't judge a book by its cover uh danny trejo <laughs> i spoke of him not too too long ago on this podcast of uh his animal crossing island and how he's apparently big in animal crossing just as an example he's also despite you know famously nice playing animal crossing dude uh also someone who you wouldn't want to mess with like he's he's still got that uh that underlying badassery uh, that makes him uh, just an incredibly interesting individual. Uh, one who I have met uh, and spoken to briefly, got his autograph. Should you wish to see what I mean by that, uh, you could Google Nerd Cane Adventures and see a cane being autographed by innumerable uh, celebrities held by, I think we got up, must have got up to thousands of cosplayers at various conventions, which uh, is sort of interesting. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually, just as a sort of side note. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever have a nerd cane adventure again. Will I ever go to a convention? Would I want to go to a convention? Maybe it's just the, the end of nerd cane. It's sitting here beside me. You know what? I was running out of space for autographs anyways, so maybe... I'll look at that as a sort of blessing in disguise. Also, it was incredibly expensive to do so. So, you know, that's that'll be nice to have all the money that I used to spend on that. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds in a lot of ways. There's no real point these days of planning things necessarily, especially long-term things like that. So I'm not going to. What I will do, segue, is uh, rate this movie. Ooh, do I go five? It was really, really good. I don't know if I'll go five, though. I'll go four and change. Four, four and a lot of change, just shy of five, is the rating for inmate number one, The Rise of Danny Trejo, or Trejo, if you want to say it incorrectly, and I hope you don't. Moving on to a movie from 1990. This falls under the category of movies I found out the missus had not seen and was shocked and made her watch. <laughs> Uh, let me read the IMDA and see if you can guess, um, the name of the movie, unless you've read the episode description, in which case this game will make no sense. Natives of the small isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them one by one. Starring Kevin Bacon. Others. We got Reba McIntyre in there, which I forgot. Uh, oh, what's the... Victor Wong, that's who it was. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. Fred Ward? <laughs> the Graveyard Shift. <laughs> Tremors from 1990. If you haven't seen Tremors from 1990, what are you doing with your life, basically? This definitely falls in the category of movies that everyone should see. It's dumb, it's fun, it's a 90s horror, uh, vis uh, practical effects monster movie. Um, things underground, they'll get you. They'll, they'll come up underneath you and eat you, which is a pretty horrifying thought. Imagine Jaws, but on land, really. Uh, and that's sort of how I sold it to the missus, actually, because she's a big Jaws, uh, Jaws fan. <clears throat> this, definitely, I would say, uh, and probably one of the reasons I feel like it's still around today, like, I feel people still mention this, uh, a movie, whereas a lot of movies of this ilk of this time probably are not spoken of anymore uh is the fact that a uh, fair amount of comedy in it uh, it's definitely a funny movie so tremors jeez, oh tremors like i'm just gonna give a five out of five yeah fuck it it's an amazing film speaking of film 
this is actually that actually is a segue uh somehow let me explain uh, as we move on to our third and final movie the gentleman from 2019 oh an american expat tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in london triggering plots schemes bribery and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him that is a very well written imd uh, imdb description and whenever i read one that's just ac- accurate apt uh, uh a good read uh, uh verbose no no uh, I, I like to give props and that one deserves it uh this is somehow slipped under the radar i feel like <clears throat> uh which maybe it's just the times we're living in uh oh yeah and, and how does film uh, uh how is that a segue because of on i'm gonna say half a dozen times uh colin farrell colin farrell am i getting that yeah colin farrell uh in this movie he says the word film but he really he really hits it like film <laughs> he really hits that l extra hard for some reason uh i guess because of accents speaking of accents no no that's not a segue we're gonna do uh somehow some way uh this is a guy Ritchie movie which uh, i i didn't really hear anything about like i don't remember seeing any previews or, or or seeing it in theaters or anything like that and uh because he does so many uh just sort of amazing movies let me run down a few by clicking on his name and the director known for Lockstock. Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, what, he did Aladdin? Oh, he's a writer. Huh, director, producer. Anyways, he's done a a crap ton of stuff, and a lot of it good. So this one uh, sort of slipped under the radar, I feel like. Am I alone in that fact? Again, this is why it helps to talk these things out. Uh, It it definitely has a Guy Ritchie feel, uh, and it's definitely an amazing film uh and, and you kind of uh, uh does something which i feel like he does in other movies uh, where you sort of think you know where it's going and then you uh, assume that there's going to be twists and you guess at the twist but then maybe the twists are not the twist that you think they are so <clears throat> uh long time listeners of this podcast if such a thing exists uh will know that whenever movies uh whenever i'm watching a movie and i don't know what's going to happen that movie will get extra points uh and that did happen in this so it's getting extra points for a rating of uh it's not my favorite guy Ritchie film (laughs) so i'm gonna go 4.246 repeating yep that's what that's getting as i push another button Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is The Triad. Thank you for that sponsorship. We're talking Cuckoo. 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 C-U-C-K-O-O. Yeah, Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Seasons 1 to 5. Ah, and is there more being made? Potentially. The last one came out in 2019. Maybe they're making more. Um... So, uh, yeah, I feel like this is not going to be cuckoo is every parent's worst nightmare, a slacker full of outlandish new ideas. So that is not a good IMDb description. See the difference there. Um, if you've watched this, that is not accurate, really. Um, 
it's accurate. I suppose that's accurate for the first season. Use every word in a sacker full of outlandish nightmare. Yeah, that's accurate for season one, and then all other seasons, that is not accurate. So that, that, that's not a good accuracy ratio, to be fair. Uh, the stars Greg Davies, uh, who we spoke of not too, too long ago on um, uh, regarding Taskmaster. Uh, this is a British comedy, but a fair amount of... Uh, um, uh, American presence in, in the form of actors like Taylor Lautner. Uh, the first season, uh, we've got Andy McDowell. We've got Andy Samberg. He was the titular cuckoo, uh, but he was only in the first season. And then um, I guess uh, that season did well, and maybe he couldn't come back due to, you know, things like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and such. So then they uh, uh, came back in season two with his son, Taylor Lautner, uh, and then sort of took off from there. Uh, and then Taylor, uh, I don't think, was he in the last season? Yeah, it's sort of interesting, almost just free-flowing, uh, people coming and going. It's sort of sort of a very, very interesting and insane. Uh, it reminds me of... So, uh, Greg Davies's character, Ken, uh, uh, sort of like a... And, and I feel like you do see this a lot, which is maybe a knock against it, but not necessarily because he does it amazingly. Uh, that type of character who he's not a bad guy necessarily, but he does bad things or sort of dickish things that it doesn't he doesn't want to be caught doing. Uh, and 99.99% of the time they don't work out for him and he ends up sort of living in a world of shit because of his actions, deservedly so. But every once in a while, uh, th there's just that little glimmer of, ah, okay, so... And, and the strange things, too, is you find, at least I did, that uh, you're rooting for him a little bit. Like, you, you want to see him. He's just like a dad, He's, he's, he's uber dad vibes in this, the quintessential dad bod, even, um, which I was thought, here's something, and you know, this is what the missus gets for not listening to this. I was thought if I had a uh, Tinder profile, nowadays, the Tinder didn't exist when I was dating, uh, I would say uh, one, of, one of the lines I would have on it would be... Uh, <laughs> And, and why am I thinking of this? I don't know. Uh, one of the lines I would have would be a uh, dad bod minus the kids. <laughs> uh, Cuckoo, uh, season one to five. Are they all the same? Or are they all as good as one another? Mm, yeah, first season with Andy Samberg was really good. That's We'll say that's a five. And the others are fours and change to give us a average of blah, 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 blah. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is the Satar Satir Party Planning Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I haven't had one of these in quite a while. A D&D &D recap. Yeah, I uh, got my game back up and running online, uh, which I should talk about uh, in a uh, future segment. Oh, shoot. I did book banter instead of game, Gavin. Uh, okay, I'll have to fix that. <coughs> in post as they say. Oh, you know what? Let me make a note of that. Book 
banter equals game gabbin. Yeah, because this is more of a game thing than a book thing, despite the fact that I'm going to be reading. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, so it's uh, been a while since I've read a recap, but uh, now that my session is back up and running all online, uh, which I will talk about in future, some of the how I've done that uh, using a uh, using a what is it an app a program called a Foundry VTT Foundry Virtual Tabletop very very cool program. Uh, and it allows me to import all my custom maps that I've made over the years and uh, just just some cool stuff and maybe we'll do a uh, episode or a talk uh, about the specifics of that because uh, it's interesting if you're interested uh, so what I decided to do as well which uh, if you listen to recaps uh, one through three I guess it would be three and change uh, of the sliders uh, uh, recaps from previous episodes this is continuing on that story uh, rather than start at the beginning uh, because I've got uh, all new players but one uh, I decided to just continue on from where we left off uh, and I have built into the story a way to add and remove players pretty seamlessly uh, that sort of makes sense from a logical standpoint. It's also the same way I use to explain if someone's like missing an episode. Um, so, you know, it, it worked perfectly. Uh, uh, the, the players are uh, all ones who I have played with before. Uh, when I very first started uh, uh, um, uh, running my own game, uh, all but one were at that table, uh, and one is just the uh, brother of one of those people. So, uh, very, very cool, though, sort of a, a nostalgic almost feel to uh, get the gang back together, if you will. So, uh, very cool, very fun, and having uh, a lot of fun so far. Uh, okay, so uh, I have actually broken this into Slider Session 0.5A Recap, colon, The Reboot. So, uh, I'll just read that. That's just, uh, I did a Session 0 with them where we did a, a traditional session zero and then just sort of set up the story a little bit. So that's what this part, first part is. <clears throat> In a very strange turn of events, when Merle returned from his journey to the from the Beastlands, he was alone. Perhaps actually not so strange, that whole system in place, powered by randomness, would involve the odd quirk. He did not have to wait long when seemingly the armbands had decided that a new group of adventurers would join him in this survey mission through the plains. An, interest, an interesting group popped into Nadraj's dimension, and after some introduction and a tour of the facilities, they decided that since all of existence is in jeopardy, that they are and that they are part of existence, it would behoove them to join the team as apparently through whatever means the armbands have at their disposal they have been deemed the best suited for the task sakino akato is a dragonborn is a dragonborn whose drive to improve himself and make a mark on the realms is truly intense one might say his drive is reminiscent of that of an oath of conquest paladin because <laughs> that's what he is Balamon the Stormcaller 
has a single-minded focus on his devotion to Talos. If it were not for the fact that even Talos would cease to exist if this randomness leak is not found and plugged, then I'm not sure he could be convinced to pause his search for those who destroyed the shrine he was tasked to protect. Mayrin Hardness Catol has used a tough upbringing to his advantage by focusing an underlying rage on creation instead of destruction wherever possible. Also, Nadraj's personality contraption, NPC, popped out a decidedly annoying fairy named Navi to accompany them to the Feywilds as their local guide. Okay, now we jump into Sliders, Session 1A Recap, colon, The Feywild. I'm going to remove the A's once we reach Session 4, because uh, the first group got up to Session 3, so that's my plan in terms of a naming convention, which I know is very interesting. <clears throat> uh, with task in hand, our newly formed group complete their initial slide that takes them to a place that at least is not totally foreign-seeming. The Feywild is a very magically-infused place that overlaps in some places with the prime material plane, and in this forest they are deposited in is only... And the forest they are deposited in is only silent for a moment. A steady deep thrum can be felt through the forest floor, and the armbands let Sakino, Mayrin, Balaman, and Merle know, with a satisfying whoosh, that they have five days in the Feywild. And for the first time ever, Merle lets the rest of the group know, the opening to the way home is not stationary. In fact, it seems to be moving towards them at a rapid pace. The thrum also appears to be getting more pronounced when, from the forest before them, they hear a vo voice repeating the word RUN as it zooms by in a flash with a Doppler-like effect. Uh, they were just able to make out this creature, which appears to be a young satyr. Satyr? Satyr. Satyr? Satyr. Why am I saying it like that? Who let them know the who lets them know the city is coming before disappearing with speed into the foliage of the forest. The satyr was not alone as deer and rabbits and even a large brown bear appear to be fleeing in the same direction. Uh, as the rear of this at the rear of this procession is an elderly satyr who seems, if you don't know what a satyr is, it's like the, um, well, you could Google it, but, uh, uh you know, uh, a goat, footed half goat half uh human they like uh you know hey herc hey herc that guy anyways uh see the group and veer towards them you must not know what is happening come with me if you want to live uh the group obliges and they find themselves tucked away in a small cave as the crashing of some enormous thing narrowly passes them by Staring at the cave entrance, they see what appears to be a tree pass by, but the size means that even this one foot blocks the light from the outside for several seconds, meaning it must have been hundreds of feet in diameter. Uh, for something this size, it departs fairly quickly, and that is when the satyr introduces himself. I am Ragnar, the fourth, uh, maybe fifth. Anyway, uh, that was what used to be the Treant City I and my fellow satyr used to inhabit. That is, until the Hag Coven and their Boggle Horde overran it and booted us out, corrupting it against us. Uh, 
Ragnar and our sliders eventually come to the conclusion that they can help one another. Clearly, the exit home is atop this treant city, and Ragnar agrees to use his influence with his people to distract the city, while Sakino, Mayrin, Balaman, Merle, and their not-so-helpful fairy Navi uh, infiltrate the city and try to expel the corrupting influence. I forgot to put Merle's name there. <laughs> Merle. Uh, corrupting influence of the hags. Uh, all goes relatively according to plan with only one squish shot here. Uh, using a combination of climbing and levitation, eventually they reach the central marketplace of the city. Uh, it is in a sad state of disrepair, but that does not seem to put off the Boggles, who immediately try selling a wide array of useless, broken, and dirty goods to no effect. Merle is the only one who can understand their language, uh, which is helpful when a particularly a word I always have problem with so i should stop putting in my stories uh, in my recaps uh when a particularly large boggle sniffs the air for gold and determines merle has the most of the group he instructs his sales team to focus on him in particular aggressive sales tactics lead to straight out aggression when a fight ensues leaving a veritable pile of dead boggles and sakino with a very sticky axe yeah boggles can uh uh, have a couple of different uh, things they can excrete, excrete, and one of them is like a sticky substance. Uh, proceeding deeper into the city, it gets darker and quieter in what appears to be an overrun housing district where a sneaky boggle attempts a sneaky ambush. Further, further boggle bodies are left behind, but not without taking some hits, as the boggles had the advantage of both height and camouflage. The sound of burning urges our adventurers on at a quickened pace, which, make, which makes sense since burning in a city that is inside a living tree made of wood can get dangerous quickly. They come across a small group of boggles burning books of all things. Uh, they quickly dispatch these creatures and then manage to convince Rupert the Librarian, based on Rupert Giles, uh, that they are in fact not Boggles, so he lets them into the library with thanks. Doubly thankful when he notices they manage to save some books and put out the fire. Rupert then offers each of the travelers an opportunity to take a book from a section of the library that is virtually overflowing with magic. A magic library in a treant city in the Feywild is of course going to contain some oddities. And with the exception of Mayrin, who walked away with a tome that can apparently only be opened with, with the spell Mage Hand, the rest of the group borrowed some decidedly strange books containing words and ideas completely foreign to them. Uh, yeah, so... I had a, a a simple little table. It was only three um, three options. Um, it was it, they just rolled a d twenty. Uh, one to fifteen was they just got a book, uh, and I mean like like literally, basically, I would look at my bookshelves and then pick a book, and that's the book they got. So um, they've got uh, uh, Grapes of Wrath, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, and The Dark Tower. <laughs> so they ended up you know sort of peering through the peering through those books uh and it's particularly the androids 
uh, like I, I think the way I describe that, you know what dreams are and you know what sheep are, but uh, even the title, some of the words don't make sense to you. Uh, and, and that was with like a, a fairly high intelligence role, uh, if I do recall for that one. Uh, and, and then the uh, the spell tome, um, that was from John John, Don John, which is a site that uh, gives you a bunch of random things. And uh, because he rolled really high and there was another option too. I think it was, uh, I forget what it was. Anyways. Uh, a, a quick jaunt finds the sliders in the city cemetery where they meet the specter of this of one of the city founders Galadriam. she is aware of their mission and asks each in turn if they will spur the offer of the gifts from the hags ahead while a herd of zombie fairies looks on each member of the team agrees to Galadriam's request and is allowed to proceed to the lair of the hags uh, oh, herd of zombies. Uh, yeah, because I did, and I put here, yes, I did Google what a group of fairies is called. So if you say, you know, sometimes what's, what's a group of crows called? It's called the murder. What's a, uh, if you do that for fairies, apparently a group of fairies is called a herd. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, whatever this castle looked like before it has surely seen better days parts have crumbled rotted and turned to dust giving the impression that this abode of evil should not even be standing the corruption within seems to have spread into the treant as well so so clearly it must be a place of great power where a thoughtful approach is needed to determine how best to uh, 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 approach and enter or one could just knock on the door which is what they did. They just walked up to the door and knocked on it. Uh, funny stuff. Uh, the promises of riches and power, the promise of riches and power and wishes fulfilled is not even concerned. Well, maybe Merle had a moment of pause thinking about how many nuts he could get. Uh, so a fight ensues between Sakino, Marin, Balorin, and Merle versus two of the hags. Uh, Clohagian appears to be all growths and forest undergrowth and death, while the stench of court Hagian is reminiscent of decaying fish. Both are repulsive and oozing malice, but it, it is not until Kim Hagian appears and starts pulling from the air a darkness so menacing that it is hard to look at. When she unleashes the dark void, it is surprisingly not at the sliders, but her own coven mate. It covers her in a blue-black radiance that dissolves her screaming in a magical eruption, powering a devastating series of spells that meant not only was the city itself attacking them, but at one point, Sakino found himself blinded, poisoned, and magically frightened. Yeah, he had a, a, a series of uh, bad, uh, bad saves from him meant that... Uh, I think over the course of three rounds, he was poisoned. Uh, well, that's maybe that's what... Uh, no, I think poisoned was second. Yeah, or maybe poisoned was first, and then that meant he was rolling uh, with disadvantage for for stuff. Uh, anyways, yeah, he, he had a tough time. Um, uh, evil like this has a tendency to feed on itself. So when Kim uh, once more turned her night hag essence on her other sister, Clo, it was the end of the coven and eventually the end of the corrupting presence over the city. The dark, dingy feel that made every breath and touch seem sickly began to dissipate with her death, but it also seemingly the magic of the hags was holding the dilapidated building together and it began to crumble as large chunks of rock came crashing down. 
Everyone managed to escape before noticing that Balaman was not among them. He lay under a large hunk of work stone as the life slipped out of him. Merle, unable to move the stone, because he's a squirrel folk, and Balaman <laughs> is a uh, loxodon, yeah, uh, which is like a elephant folk, if you want to sort of boil it down uh everyone he lay under a large hunk of work stone uh, merle unable to move the stone called for help and with a timely use of a healing potion uh from sakino balaman was awake once more and although hurting uh, was quickly able to pull himself out and flee with the rest of them as the final shakes turned the once beautiful uh building into a pile of rubble a hush fell over the treant city as it stopped for the first time since you have been among it, since our group was among its mighty branches. It seemed to shake itself like it was clearing its head, and from far below, cheers rang out as the satyr knew the city would once more be theirs. Jump to offline side quests slash days of parting. Yeah, so um, what I did there was, and I think maybe we'll do this in the future, uh, we've been doing it in uh, in another D&D group where... Uh, you do sort of uh, the wrap up or uh, the between session stuff. You do it like in the Facebook group where we're using Discord for this campaign uh, where you can, you know, just sort of uh, role play there and, and do stuff where you don't need maps and uh, th that kind of idea. It seems to work well and I like it. And it gives you, you know, something to do during the week. <laughs> so fun stuff. Uh, what did I want to say? Um, yeah, uh, that Balaman there uh so they were all I, I was doing sort of you know your classic zelda defeat uh ganon uh the 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 tower starts crumbling around you sort of idea and balaman uh didn't make it so was knocked unconscious uh had rolled a failed death save and then uh, i i said okay we'll, we'll say there's a five percent chance that uh one of the like when the turn came around that things were crumbling five percent chance that uh, another stone hits hits you as you're sort of lying there because I, I didn't want to make it you know likely because that would mean another death save and he actually uh, did roll uh, that five percent so I rolled a, a d100 and I rolled a I said zero to five and you get hit again so he was actually on two death saves so that was a little nerve-wracking <laughs> for, for me as well, because I don't want anyone to die, especially the freaking first session. That would have sucked. Uh, but then Sakino ran in there with a uh, healing potion and saved him, and he was able to easily get himself out once. Anyways, let me push a uh, final button. This one. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Attack of the Show. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, first item is Rob Bryden's YouTube channel. Yes, uh, very interesting. Rob Bryden, uh, spoken of very highly of on this podcast before. I am sure a British comedian, personality, actor, guy. Uh, incredibly funny, witty, and now has a YouTube channel of all things. Interesting. Uh, and, and I brought it back because yes, it's cool. And yes, he's had on, uh, Will Ferrell, Matthew Reese, Stephen Merchant, Ruth Jones so far where he's doing, you know, little 15 or so minute chat with each of them, uh, podcast esque, 
and feel just two people chatting. So that I love, obviously. Um, so yes, he has that, but I also wanted to talk about it because I almost feel like we're going to see more and more of this sort of thing lately. Uh, I've been seeing it with Conan, although he was a little pre COVID. My, my, my sort of theory is as these uh, people in the entertainment biz are finding they're not really having anything to do. They're going to do things that you could do from home. Uh, things like uh, chat with people online and turn it into a show, AKA podcasting. Cause that's really what this is. Uh, I almost hope because these were so well done and interesting. Uh, it, it makes me think how long did he actually talk to these people for? Um, and did he like, did he talk for half an hour and edit it down to these times? Is that sort of the theory we're working under? Um, and, and my sort of thought and hope there is he does a little more podcastiness in that he just puts up the whole thing eventually. Uh, because I like to see, you know, the, the whole thing. Like, I I don't need it edited. But but maybe he, he's sort of, well, not definitely, but but probably he's coming from the sort of old school where that's what you do. Um, and maybe he'll find his way to the new school where not only do people like to just hear the whole thing, but it's actually less work. <laughs> Similar to this podcast where I do no editing. Uh, t to be fair of this episode, we're 36 and a half minutes in, uh, I hit the mic once <laughs> and I edited that out. Uh, that was about five minutes ago. If you noticed, I don't know. So that's about the amount of editing that I do. Uh, okay. So, uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, -huh, segue, I suppose, how did this get played? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, this was interesting, uh, because the day prior, Somehow, some way, I, maybe it was around Tremors, actually. Uh, I was asked if the missus saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, that one, um, the odds of her liking, I feel, are much, much less. And, uh, and, and, and I wouldn't say that is necessarily on my list of movies everyone should see. Although, you know, I, it's not a bad movie. And it's interesting. And it's of the time, for sure. But, you know, compared to Tremors, meh. Uh, so uh, I, I was talking to the missus about this and uh, somehow the video game came up and I mentioned how it was like famously one of the hardest video games of all time. And then the very next day, uh, this episode posts and it was like they heard me talking about it and decided to record an episode days previous and then posted it to the day after that I talked about it. Weird, right? I've been having a lot of those weird coincidences lately. Um, one from yesterday. Uh, we're having, a, we had a, a, a table refinished. Uh, it was like old and we painted it and it didn't come out great. Uh, so, uh, we had it refinished and it's being delivered today. And, um, uh, the missus said, uh, <laughs> I forget why she like said it in this manner, but do you know what time, uh, it's being delivered? And I said, yes, even though I didn't know just to be, you know, difficult. <laughs> like I like to do bits. I like to do bits. Uh, and she and she knew I didn't know. So she said, Oh, okay. What time is it being delivered then? And then I just said 1030. And, uh, she, she, <laughs> then she sort of looked at me and said, said, gave me a weird look and said, how did you know that? <laughs> uh, like of all the times I could guess, why would I guess 1030? A lot of weird stuff like that. A lot of weird psychic stuff too happening lately. And, and I have a theory, um, that it's all the time I'm spending indoors, uh, a lot of it's revolving around the missus and I sort of more me. 
yeah, because I'm more psychic apparently, um, where I'm like reading her mind somehow, <laughs> or like uh, we, we coincided our bad sleeps and uh, had our very first good sleep um, uh, the same night. But that was weird as well because I don't normally, and she never has, um, put on like a relaxing, calming music thing, like from YouTube, you know, like go to sleep by listening to this music. And we both did it that same night because we had both been having such bad sleep. Uh, just, just sort of weird stuff like that. We decided to, um, yesterday go in together, uh, and buy a lottery dis- <laughs> subscription in the hopes that all this weird psychic luck, you know, sort of floating around, maybe we can be used for that. That purpose is the theory I'm working under. Um, the other thing I'm doing, uh, every morning I roll two D 20. Um, and then I'm like, okay, so let's see how my day is going to be. And then, uh, I'm a pretty lucky guy. So I feel like I'm rolling with advantage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rolling with advantage. I'm a, uh, a, a cis white male. Of, co- of course I'm rolling with advantage. Uh, <laughs> so my, my sort of plan around that is if I ever roll two twenties, I'm going to go out and buy a lottery ticket. <sighs> stupid things. I don't know how we got off of, uh, how did this get played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it was a good episode, uh, with guests, Sean Diston and Scott Ackerman. Yes. Scotty Ox, because they're doing a podcast, which I, I listened to the first episode, uh, where they're, uh, talking all the, uh, uh Ninja Turtles movies. And I don't know if they're going to do the TV shows because, uh, Scott's never seen any of them. So that's why they sort of intertwined the two podcasts, which is something I love, which is probably why I decided to bring it back here to talk about. Not dissimilar to that, Jordan Jesse Go had on guest Mike Mitchell. Yes, podcast worlds colliding, and I love it. A very similar vein. It's just uh, it's something I've said since day one, since 2012 when I started this thing, is one thing I love of podcasters. Uh, it, it, it never seems really to be, and, and I'm sure there's... Uh, Exceptions. Oh boy, couldn't think of that word. I was going to say exemptions. I'm sure there's exemptions to prove the rule. Oh, that's the name of the that's the name of this egg episode. Exus episode. I think I might be having a stroke. Exemptions to prove the rule. Yeah, that's a stupid title for a stupid podcast. Anyways, um. Just saying how uh, it, it seems in the podcast world, there's not really any animosity toward uh, uh, among different podcasts, and you'll just normal is like normal status quo uh, that podcasters will do one another's podcast. Uh, the the cross pollination there is is just normal. It's just what happens in this world, and uh, I like that. I, I like that it's it's not even thought that it's weird. It's just. This is how it's done. You have a podcast, I'll do yours, you do mine, and and we'll sort of share audiences and grow together. It's a, sort of a beautiful thing. And maybe the fact that I, oh no, I have been on one. Or two, I guess. Uh, basically one. Anyways, uh, okay, so let's move on to, uh, th- that was a great episode, by the way. Uh, that's the other reason I brought it back. Uh, Mike Mitchell and, 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 uh, and George Morris uh, seem to have a, a great affinity for uh, one another and you know Jesse's there as well I'm <laughs> just kidding uh, always great uh, love that podcast it's one of 
now that we're in these times, uh, I feel like I, I sort of have to pick and choose a little bit in terms of podcasts I listen to, whereas I used to uh, listen to a lot more. And this is one where I never miss an never miss an episode. Jordan Jesse Go, they're consistently one of my favorites. Anyways. Uh, moving on to uh, last and final item, G4 TV is on its way back, apparently. Interesting. So they uh, posted a little teaser, uh, uh, from my perspective, uh, about a week ago. And uh, it's interesting. I've done some digging since then. And it seems like 2021, something revolving around that is going to come back. Um, not really anything is known, so I just wanted to throw out, I suppose, my theory. Uh, first of all, if you're unfamiliar with G4 TV, it was a, a, a cable television network, um, some years ago. Oh, geez, was it like a decade ago? It was, it was quite a while ago. And, uh, the reason I sort of bring it up here and want to talk about it a little bit is because when it's specifically attack of the show, it was sort of the last remaining, uh, show of its type on the network before it changed to something completely different. When that went off the air, I literally canceled my cable. <laughs> like it was the only show that I, I, I still watched on traditional television. I was a cord cutter from 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 way back then i I mean i'm still not technically a a cord cutter i suppose for the reason that the missus won't let me do it because she watches a lot of actual television but i would be 100 percent fine with with canceling it tomorrow um yeah uh so there was attack of the show and x-play those were sort of the two mainstays of the network i would say and uh, what i've noticed is that uh, uh g4 tv attack of the show and xplay all now have youtube channels um and they're all sort of uh they all like one another so and i think they're verified as well i, I could be wrong on that and so my sort of theory is um, maybe these three things are going to come back, uh, as YouTube channels and I'm sort of almost like a rooster teeth funhouse sort of, uh, uh, mix and match with one another, uh, collaborations and very, very interesting and cool stuff potentially brewing from G4 TV. And, uh, I hope my, my, my main hope, and I, and I think I even mentioned it is that, um, uh, we get a lot of the, 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 the sort of old gang from back then back in this new iteration, whatever it might be. I, I want to see Kevin Pereira. I want to see Adam Sessler. I want to see Morgan Webb. I want to see hell get a, I don't know if you can get Olivia Munn in there, but uh, why not get Olivia Munn in there and, and, and get Matt Myra in there. And the, the, are just so many incredible people from back in the day that I loved this sort of era uh, of television where uh, attack of the show was live it just just freaking crazy crazy stuff like it was a show that hasn't existed since uh, attack of the show specifically x-play did video games better than just about anyone i would say definitely in the tv verse um and, and yeah adam sessler he's sort of a cranky old man now and i freaking love him <sighs> So that's where we'll leave this episode. Folks, it was a long one. But uh, anytime I throw a recap in there, I know it's going to be a long one. Uh, we did it. Whatever it is, I really don't know. Um, no one really listens to these. 
uh, and I kind of don't care. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.